Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's that time of the week when we jump into your earbuds, your earphones, wherever you are, in the drive, in the car, in the gym. Hopefully you're back in the gyms by now. If you are in Victoria, reducing restrictions, we're back. We've got uh, the grand final this weekend. No, not footy, not footy grand final, the A-League grand final. You know me well enough by now that you know that I'm a passionate Melbourne City fan, so it's a big week for me. I can hear already. I can hear I'm already losing half of you. Anyway, let's get into the golf. We've got uh, Magic Mike and the man, yes, the man himself. Rocket on the Road. It's a Rocket on the Road special. Uh, I'll just remind everyone. Oh, firstly, hello, hello uh, Rocket. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, sir. Great uh, great to have you with us. And Magic Mike, how are you, mate? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Now, I'll just go to you, Magic Mike. Uh, I did say that we should have a uh, Jordan slash Nike uh, podcast at one stage. And thank you for already getting into that mode and preparation because I just told you that... Um, when I was looking at your background, I thought it was your house. Uh, it's got about 87,000 pairs of Nikes on there, and I'm just wearing Nikes for the first ever time. So it's a new thing for me. But uh, thanks for getting prepared and showing us that picture. It's not yours. I thought it was your house. I wish it was my house. It's uh, I think it's Pat Perez's man cave. He's got a wall of Jordans, uh, and he uh, yeah, he's got the, the Jordan collection I would love to have. I think I'm about, if he's got 1,000 pairs, I'm about 995 pairs behind him. Well, when we went to Barnboogle uh, a couple of months ago, you did have the flashiest pair of golf shoes that were Nikes that I've ever seen in my life. I did. I had the uh, the Air Force Ones, the camouflage Air Force Ones with the fluoro orange soles. I must tell you the story one day in private, the time that I wore. Remember the Ricky Fowler rocket? You'll remember the Ricky Fowlers. Remember the Ricky Fowler uh, pink and yellow fluoro shoes? Yep. If I yep. told you that I rocked them once upon a time, would you believe me? Yep. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I wore them to the I wore them to the national. I, the first ever wear. I wore. I got invited down with John O to play at the national or something like that. And I, I rocked into the clubhouse and, you know, I I, I struck a few looks with those shoes on. Because yep. I reckon there would have been a few old guys there going, "By Jove, look at that man over there! <laughs> what is he wearing, old chap? <laughs> who, who does he think he is?" Well, I reckon I reckon there's yeah. a few golf clubs in Melbourne. If Mike rocked those uh, Air Jordans that he's got on that uh, that he had on a Barnburg, he might get a similar result. Anyway, let's yep. keep going on. Um, I said before it's a special edition when Rocket is on the road. Last time we had Rocket up in the Gold Coast. He was under the flight pass of JQ75 taking off from Gold Coast to Mel- Sydney or Melbourne, one of the two. Uh, we had to interrupt the, the podcast every 35 seconds while the plane took off. I'm not sure if we're going to have the same. There's probably not as many planes in the skies at the moment, but uh, you're back on holidays, Rocket. Yeah, yeah. As soon as those, as soon as those locked down, we were, we were hitting the border like at midnight, right on the dot, crossing into uh, New South Wales, Missed all the shenanigans and the hoo-ha that's going on in central Sydney. And uh, tomorrow, uh, in a couple of days, we'll be crossing over into Queensland. So uh, the plan's working out well. But I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't know how you get on the road anymore because you're towing one of the most valuable investments in the history of investing at the moment when you hook the new age caravan up there. Those things are going through the roof in value. Uh, yeah, I reckon if I put one on the market now, I'd, I'd make money. Caravans and vans. You you can't yep. buy one. You can't buy one. You have to wait eight months for one. And if you've got one for sale, 12, just twelve. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Well, shout out to all the people at New Age Vans, and, and congratulations to you for having a booming success. Uh, actually, part of the Walkinshaw Group, New Age Caravans, so a very big player in the golf industry. Good, good chassis. New Age Caravans, uh, made here in Melbourne. Mm. Now, so are you in, you in a safe space in the caravan park there? You're not interrupting any of the patrons. I know caravan parks these days, no, if you make too no. much noise after 9 o'clock, you get chucked out, you'll be on the road, back down, get back to New South Wales, I'll be saying. No, you're right? No, I'm right. I'm in a, in a nice little safe space. There's a little lounge area where there's a fire where I can uh, toast to uh, Bryson's 44 on the back nine. Um, so I'm in a safe space. I'm in a very safe space. Toast. Oh, no. I, I, did I see a, a scotch there already? Have you? Yes. What are you into? Uh, it's the um, Hibiki Harmony. So nice, um, Japanese. <laughs> you've gone blend. up. A, you've gone upper end. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so it's ah. a bit. It's a bit late, and you've gone upper end. Look out, people! Look out! Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now we're here, and we we did. Uh, have some picks last week to run through, and we're going to talk, obviously, about the US Open. What a great major it was! 
I'm going to lead the discussion off. I've had a fair crack at leading it so far. I don't think you guys have got a word in Edgeworth yet, but uh, anyway, I'll keep going. Uh, my tips. I am not the tipster. It's not my not my game, Mike. That's that's why you've joined the team, and thank you for for joining us again. Uh, I went with the two bravest tips in the history of golf tipping. Uh, Top Scott, I triumphed there. Bobby Mack, the Urban Express, Big Shot Bob, whatever you want to go with. Bobby triumphed in the uh, top. Top Scott was he top lefty? He unless Harmon got him. It would have been pretty close. Okay, uh, but the other brave pick that I had. Now this is a this is a joke. There was three Italians in the field. I went with Top Scott and Top Italian. There was three in the field. <laughs> Two of them were related of the same name, Molinari, and I got neither of them. Guido Migliozzi, and congrats to Guido Migliozzi who performed very admirably. He, he played pretty well, but he he did me for. Uh, for top Italian, the two the two Molinaris were pipped by Guido Migliozzi. Anyway, that's that's the jokey part of it. Mike, you're the serious uh, tipping guru here. How was your rundown? It was good. Yeah, it was a solid week. Uh, the top three that we had picked uh, were Kent, Lay, Ram, and Bryson. And Ram was obviously the winner, which is always a, a good result. Bryson was there for a very long way and then uh, capitulated. I think a lot of, as Rocket said, 44 in the back nine, which I would have been happy with. Oh, he wasn't happy. And Cantlay just never got it going this week. Um, yeah, so oh, that, pretty happy with that. that. That's very good. And, you know, as always, if you are taking uh, any tips and, and gambling, you know, we, 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 I'm just, I just tip for the sake of having a crack at, you know, who's going to be the top Scott. But if you do actually do this for money, um, and do it responsibly, of course. How did how did that result for for you, Mike? Yeah. So for me, effectively, I think I've talked about it before. But when you're betting on golf, if you if you're picking one player and betting on them, and that's all your one pick for the week, you're going to go a long time between picking winners because you've got 130 people playing each week, and you're going to need to get pretty lucky, even if you bet the favourite every week. So when you're betting golf, or for me at least, I'll be I would have bet at least probably five or six players. Now, two or th- two of those might be just, you know, very small bets at big, big odds. Uh, but effectively, when I've got the favourite in my picks, I would normally bet, I normally put all of my bets on. And then if I still like John Rahm, I'd put enough on John Rahm that covers all the bets that I've already had plus a little bit extra. So I finished in profit for the week, but I still had to go back to work after the final round finished on Monday. Sadly, your betting account hasn't been cancelled. No, they, they haven't shut me down. Um, I think I just said before. So for, for the other guys that I had for top ten were Scheffler, Casey, and Xander, and they all finished top ten, which is great results. But um, the the final day for me was really hoping that I was going to wake up and see Scotty Scheffler or Paul Casey right up there because they were right in the mix. Uh, and if they'd pinched it, that would have been a, a really, really good result for me. Now, Rocket, mixed. Uh, well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in the uh, not so great result for your tips. But there was one there that was close. You remember who you went with, Rocket? Uh, I did go with Lefty with one of them. Yes. What was my other one? I can't so, remember my other one. Yeah. So you had Morikawa. In your, t- oh. in your winning bracket, you had Morikawa, uh, P. Reid, and Phil. And yeah. then for top 10, you went with Max and uh, Tony. Yeah, they, they both, didn't make the cut. Both MC Hammond. Uh, then for top Aussie, you went with uh, Leash. Uh, Mike, you went with uh, Matt Jones. And then, and then, Mike, you actually with uh, top Euro because we threw that uh, little bracket in there. We went with Victor Hovland. Now, what a tragedy for young Victor Hovland. It was a... Very, very random. I, I just assumed that he'd withdrawn because he was not going to win, but there was a bit more of a story to it. So a bit of dust in the eye. A bit of sand, a bit of, a bit of uh, sand from the California. Bunker. Yeah, <laughs> Californian sand. Is that, is that like a world first or something like that? Like, I don't know. So, so, yeah, so the story is he was hitting um, practice bunker shots and um, obviously once – splashed up and got in his eye 
And usually if you get a bit of sand in your eye, you can kind of sort of wash it out, right? And he sort of went on with it, got through about five or six holes and was like, this is not getting any better. And so we drew. And I, I thought they had doctors and masseuses and gyms and teams of people around there to fix that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when you, when I, I hadn't paid much attention to it on the day, but when I saw the WD, I, I literally just thought it was a stock standard WD, not not feeling it, I'm out of here. But then when he put the picture up with the photo, I was like, oh, no, no, he's he's properly done something. Mm. He's done himself a mischief. Yeah, because if you think about the sand, depending on a couple of the granules, it could have just scratched his cornea and stuff mm. like that. It could have done all sorts of damage. Mm. And then the last thing you want to do is go and keep playing and have it infected and it's just... Yeah, fair enough. Well, I, I see that they uh, all got shipped out and have gone off to Europe. Uh, I think I think the BMW had a plane there waiting for them all and a fleet of uh, the finest, Germans' finest um, cars to ship them all straight off to uh, to Germany for the BMW. Uh, f- first round first round we had uh, Kokrak. I, th- I think we weren't the only podcast team that had Kokrak up there featured in, in something or other. I think maybe the NLU guys maybe were talking, one of them was talking about Kokrak in, in something or other, but... Uh, no, didn't more like coat hanger. Didn't didn't perform. No, nah, he it was he was um he was going along pretty well in the first first round. I think he was maybe one under. He was about through eleven or twelve, and I thought, okay, if he can get to three here, we might be a chance. But um, not knowing where you know Hanley was going to hit there, but um, yeah, and then he I think he threw in a double or a triple, and that that was over. That was uh, no more no more bets. Rocket, back to back to your tips and you know your favourite guy. I guess one of your top two favourites of the last twelve or eighteen months, Colin. Fourth, what was your what was your read on Colin's performance? The putt on eight, that kills me. Like he stiffed it. He had like a three footer. He should have hit it to six. Um, and I reckon that just took the wind out of his sails. It's just a confidence. Just oh. And then from there, he just, like the rest of the field after, if he made that one on eight, I think that would have got him to five under and it would have put him either tied for the lead or one back. And he missed it. And then it's just unraveled from there. What he tried to do on 13, 13 tore a lot of people a new one. And actually the back nine as a whole, the only analogy I could come up with for the back nine, just not for Colin Morikow, but most of their players, it looked like a 15-year-old that was having his first drink and had just sculled half a bottle of Southern Comfort and spent the next two hours just throwing up all over himself. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looked like. That's exactly what it looked like. I've never seen, I've never seen players just vomiting violently all over themselves for like nine holes. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it really was very sketchy for a lot of them on the back nine, except for 18. 18 was the only one where I think they were all right, right, that's penciled in birdie as long as they don't do anything ridiculous. But the rest of it, they were almost trying to limit the damage and they weren't doing a good job. They were doing a terrible job. Yeah. They were doing a terrible job. job. And, and and that goes back to John Rahm. You look at his his final round. Including those, last, if you even just take out the last two holes, his final round was just flawless, hmm. except for a couple of holes. But he was just, he was just rock solid, clutch, holding clutch putts. Got off to a great start, had a couple of hiccups, held his nerve, and just kept just. Yeah, I think the third was the third part three, the one where he, yes, he, he left, he pulled it, and I, as soon as it. Because you couldn't see, and, and you saw a bounce. I was like, "Oh, that could be that could be down the hill there." And then to get up and down from there, you're like, "Right, he's he's nails today. This this could be his day." Yeah, and he did. He was like doing that all day. He was hitting it. He was giving himself birdie opportunities all day. And when he had to make big parts, he'd make big parts. Hmm. Then the one he rolled in on seventeen, that was huge, and it was like you know fist pump central, and then. The shot he hit into second shot he hit into eighteen, um, hitting into that trap. It was a really good, really smart strategy to play. Sort of leave himself a play away from the water. So you know, if anything did go a little bit awry, he's not hitting it into the into the uh, the water. Yeah. And then just to make that putt, it's almost like the reverse tiger going back the other way. It was just what a what a way to what a way to close out a tournament. Yeah, I think a lot of people were probably 
Well, Usti was certainly thinking, if I can get in at five, I'm probably no worse than a playoff here. But when Rahm's been those two on the last two, he almost almost sealed it straight away then before before um, Usti even got the tee ball off the off on 18. Yeah, well, yeah Usti, Usti did himself no favours on 17. That brought a few people undone. No. <laughs> and uh, look, I'm just watching it. And they kept talking about it. There's so much room out there and how much they're going to cut off. And they just don't, you just can't be in those right pots. pots. You can't be in those right pots. And then, yeah, there's one thing to not be in them. And, and when you watch the view from behind the green back up the hole, he actually wasn't far. I mean, I think he actually took the first bounce was nearly in the edge of the fairway, but it was just never going to stay. Like, it, it, it oh. was it was as close as it was. It was nowhere near where he was trying to hit it. <laughs> no, no. And then that left-hand side, it was fairly baked. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, correct. And the amount of, amount of players that hit in there. <laughs> oh, so many. It wasn't seventeen. Like, just hit it anywhere else other than there. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just because of the the camber is right to left. The wind was blowing. I think right to left. It was like everything was going that way. So it's like just blast it up the right hand side. Yeah. Hit a hit a cut. Hit a big cut. Hit a block. Whatever you want to do. Hit a shank. Whatever. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's just like don't go left. Anywhere else in USA other than just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and he nearly he nearly got up. He nearly got the drop and made the part. I mean, I, so he hit the shot after the drop to get it onto the green and give himself a chance at par. I was, I was thinking was to myself, shot. wow, if he makes that part, this is, yeah, he he deserves this. He's such a good player, such a good player. Did, did will Louis just stick with Louis for a sec? I think uh, the events of this year and the last few years, as you know, the forty plus brigade still prove that they are a competitive force in golf. And I'm not even sure how old Louis is, but I'm going to say he's... You know, 38. 38. So he's, if he wasn't 40-plus, he was getting towards there, more towards there. He's still every chance of winning another major or two, you would say, wouldn't you not? Like I've, I've heard a few people say, that's it, he's a perennial second-place person. You know, this is just going to not destroy him, but, you know, this is... Every time he gets second again, he's going to be hard to get back. He's putter. Yeah. That's it. He, he tee to green, well, except for the PGA. Looking, to, he got a bit sketchy at the PGA. You know, he's starting to get a little bit of the army swings going in the in the final round of the PGA. But this one, you can't fault him. Tee to green, he was just rock solid. Obviously, except for the one on seventeen. But he had a few opportunities where there were just putts where you know he just needed to nail them, and he didn't. You know, he had a couple of those in the middle of the round where he could have been either taking the lead or just. Um, extending it and just wasn't able to sort of give him, get himself to the top and then give himself a bit of a buffer. Um, so he should have been probably even a couple more up. But when he got to six, I think he was, did he get to six? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think he got, I think yeah. he got to six. Yeah, he, he got to six. Yeah. He, he should have been at least a couple more ahead because he had lots of opportunities. Tita Green, he's just, that, that's, why, that's why he contends in majors because, you know, it's when you have to, be really precise with your ball striking. And that's what he is. He's just a machine. Beautiful swing, great tempo. Tita Green is just amazing. His putter is just his small weakness, really. Mike, another major. Would you, if you had to take a take a punt on him, you know, another major in the next uh, five years? If I looked at it from uh, the point of view that he's finished as top two in the last two and he's only 38, you'd have to say that he's certainly a chance to win one. Mm. If I put the golf knowledge logic over the top and say they only give out four a year and the odds of him turning up and playing as good a golf as he has in those two majors again and having someone else not play better is always hard. And that's the tricky part when everyone, if you ask, if you ask most golf um, lovers now, how many majors does John Rahm win? The over under of some, I would guess, there you go. Rocket's got the one single figure up finger up and I and not the middle one, just the normal one finger. Um, I would say most people that just like golf would probably say, Oh, he could probably win four or five. It's like it doesn't work that way. Like yep, every, it just everyone doesn't. says it. Yep, yeah, everyone says it. But if you go back, you look at the last decade, yep. The number of players that have won multiple majors, you can count on one hand. Yep. There you go. It's just just very difficult. And look, Louis's got one and that's that's great. Um 
He's got a lot of seconds. Look at look at DJ. Look how long it took. Everyone yeah, think, so. thought he should win heaps. He's yep. won two. Yep. He's won two. Bubba, so, Wops, Bubba Watson has won two. Yep. Come on. So that's probably where I was going with that. So, you, you know, a lot of the chatters and, you know, I just talked to the everyday man on the street who watched, you know, four rounds and I've been speaking to them the last three days straight who all think that now, you know, because we're all experts, um, all think that now John Rahm will win. He's like he's almost like Tiger S, but you're saying yeah. Rocket won. You reckon, you reckon you'll ride him in for one major between now and when? I don't know. Okay. I don't it might could be another five years before he wins another one. Okay, so I, I, I think I think he could. I don't know. I, I I think I'll just like maybe that he's European. I think I like the big the big boy sort of big beefy. I, I just like him as a as a as a player and as a stature. And I think that he I like his short swing. I like a big behind and a short swing because uh, and he's got he's got those traits that I look at look look after it look like um not, not no yes is, I look like this is, I look for in a golfer. And I, I just think all, he can. Yeah, but this is also the first time he's really actually legitimately contended down the end and got it done, right? That's the thing, right? It's it's the being in the right place at the right time and converting. Mm, yeah. There's and, plenty of players. You know, it's, there's Nick Faldo, right? Nick Faldo converted most of his, where Greg Norman was contending in more than Faldo, just never converted as many. Yeah. Yep, it's it's you can't take take enough uh, value out of how much he loves that place as well. Mm. You know, he talked about it afterwards. He, could, he proposed to his wife there. Uh, he says it feels like home. Uh, he's played so well at the Farmers. All that stuff is good vibes, and to play well, bit of karma from the COVID uh, Cup. Everything kind of worked out perfectly, and that's great. And then I'm certainly not playing it down. Look, I could see he, he could win easily win another one without a doubt in the next two years, no doubt. But at the same time, I'd sit there and say, I'd probably see DJ winning one. Wouldn't be shocked to see Justin Thomas win one. Bryson, I could, you know, and they're still only giving out four a year. So once you sort of allow for what the courses are going to be like, and then making sure you're in the right form at the right time. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really exciting. I think I wouldn't be shocked to see the next, the next couple of years really seeing uh, a good selection of major winners, but not necessarily the same person, you know, winning a couple. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I, you know, yeah. and I think that's a great position for golf to be in uh, with a variety of younger more mature golfers, guys that we know, guys that we don't know, contending, um, because I think that pushes people. That pushes people to be better. It pushes the better people to be better and and work harder and play better. And I think that's that's good for the attention of the on the game. Rocket, definitely. What do you do? You think that, or as long as it fires Brooks up, that's all that matters. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> we're, lead, we're leading down a pathway here, which leads to Brooks and Bryson. Don't worry. Um, but let's talk about the other things that we liked. Yeah, you know, you know, so what else happened that popped up under your radar over the four days that uh, that we liked? I want to be negative. Actually, no, for me it's not negative because I love <laughs> that Bryson just collapsed. We'll get to that. Anyone? Oh, do, any- you me, do, you me, do, you, do you want me to start with something else that's a bit more fluffy? <laughs> well, not fluffy. I'm not saying, but there must have been a few other things that you know, popped up that you liked. You know, we've sort of bagged Victor Hovland, or I did, for, you know, Getting a bit of sand in his eye and taking off early, but um, any, you know, any other performances of standout? Any other young guns that st- stuck out that you know, the Aussies, you know? So, no, because the, the unfortunate thing is the tournament, the way the course was set up, it was like a pillow fight for three days. And <laughs> I did make the joke that it seemed like I, I kept looking at the leaderboard and it's like, what, what, have, have they cancelled the US Open and they put on a replay of the farmer's insurance? Because that's what the leaderboard looked like. It was driving me crazy. And it was actually, look, I don't mind seeing lots of birdies, but it's a US Open. I want to see blood. I want to see carnage. I want to see catastrophes. I want to see Zach Johnson, you know, standing off the back of the balcony of the clubhouse, losing his mind, complaining that the USGA have lost the greens again. Like, it's not enough carnage. Not enough carnage. Okay. So I was just going to say, we'll, we'll forget about who what other good moments. Let's get straight into it because, uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a bit of S on the liver there, uh, Rocket. So keep going, run. 
your show. Well, all I can say is that not only am I taking a holiday, a bit of a holiday, there's a bit of work. There's also another thing in play. I'm on a recruiting drive. I'm on a recruiting drive for the Knights of Einstein. I've already got my first one, my first lieutenant, and we are trying to stamp out non-science and nonsense from the game. And our influence has already been felt during the final round of the US Open with Bryson on the 13th tee. Just a little bit of karma, the Knights of Einstein coming to the fore, coming to save the game from just complete nonsense and non-science. Okay, you can explain what nonsense and non-science means in a minute, but just who's, who's your first recruit? I can't tell you. All That's right. why they're the Knights of Einstein. We're a shadowy crew of people trying to protect the game from nonsense and non-science. Non-science e- equals Bryson, terminal velocity, moron. Non-science. So we're just trying to protect the game from that sort of just shenanigans. So this uh, recruit to the – is it like clandestine person? You know, what, what is he, like one of your Twitter buddies or you know, is he actually a living, breathing you know, person or what's, what's going on? Any information I share will unveil this person to the greater um, golfing fraternity. All I know is he's been delivering right off the bat. Right off the bat, he was—he was like a—he's been a foot soldier right from day one, <laughs> providing content. So you've co-opted someone else to get into your negative Bryson vibe that just helps you uh, propagate uh, the anti-anti-science uh, modality. The first one, like you saw, all the distances, the longest drives for the week. Where was Bryson? Like seventh. That—that mm. that came from my first lieutenant. Okay, I have to have to troll 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 back. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a fair point. Who was number one? Uh, what, what was his? Oh, I can't oh, remember Nina, his name. Ninaba. Ninaba. Yeah, that's it. The guy he's, that looks like he's still got another eight hundred yards left in his tee shots. He's unbelievable. He he is phenomenal. <laughs> is that uh, European fellow? Um, what is he from? Scan, Scandinavian country? There is he Danish? I think he's, I think he's South. I thought he was South, oh, South African. Sorry, yeah, no, yeah. yeah this, near near the Scandinavian countries. Same time. Yeah. <laughs> same time zone. Just a eight hour flight. Um, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, that, uh, that he's boy. unbelievable. He looks like he just – I'm pretty sure there's another 100 yards left in there, another 500 kilometres of ball speed. He just looks so smooth. Yeah. So where you're going on the anti-science movement there is he hasn't uh, – Wilco, is it Wilco Ninaba? Wilco yeah. Wilco Ninaba, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Wilco hasn't had to get on the uh, hamburgers, shakes, no. uh, carbo. Bacon. Bacon in, you know, frying bacon with no top on, creating forty-five minutes, forty-five minute videos on neuroscience. The uh, shirtless bacon frying's ingrained in your brain, isn't it? Is that do, do it no, tra- the videos? Just the videos. You should see all the videos. They're just like the forty-five minute video he did with the dude that talks about all his neuroscience stuff. It's gone like he goes to some extremes with the production. Couldn't even get a decent mic. Sounded like he was just talking out of a tin. Like, come on. Well, you know, look at us po- podcasting gurus here. You know, sitting here with our headphones, our pop filters, <laughs> and backdrops. Look, look, yeah, Bryson, have a look, please. <laughs> That's an amateur, look at amateur hour here. You know, we've we've got bloody more money than shoes. You know, buying expensive <laughs> microphones. We don't even know how to use the things. Um, well, no, fair enough. Wilco Nina, but here's long. Keep an eye out for Wilco. Um, does he is he mainly US uh, European tour? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else that popped out? Rocket in so the Bryson and Brooks terminal velocity stash, you know, round three. Oh, look, it'll just keep going. It'll just keep going. Um, so Brooks for the week, I was really disappointed in. He's again. I think it was the. I think it was the eighth. Eighth. Brought a, he hit one close there, and I think he missed a putt, and he three-putted another one early, and just just everything unraveled from there. So I was really disappointed in how he played his final round. I think he, his third round was a bit ordinary as well, so he didn't really leave himself in a really good position. You know, the third round when everyone was just throwing darts everywhere, he just didn't get it running. So he, he probably put himself in a position where he's probably a couple shots further back than he should have been. And he came out. He came out swinging early, um, but just completely ran out of gas. 
Um, and he's last five holes were just, except for 15, you know, it's quite ordinary. A couple of three putts in there, uh, you know, 11 of 12. So I was really disappointed. Even though, again, he still had another top finish, um, I still think it's just another missed opportunity. And again, it's probably back to that, just not, I think his knee's still obviously not 100%. Um, and, you know, not being 100% with the knee, that means he's not going to get the reps. So he's kind of almost like not quite match fit yet. So it's those, that last sort of nine holes, 10 holes in, in a major when you get the end of the tournament, it's, um, he's come undone in the last two, which is disappointing. So he still finished above Bryson. That's all that matters. <laughs> so we wrote, you know, a, a line, not a line through John Rahm, but, you know, we suggested that, you know, he's probably likely on the average, law of averages to finish with less majors in the next period than some people might sort of think. Where do you put Brooks? You know, you're sticking one, uh, fin- one finger up for Brooks? Yeah, look, I, I think I think what he's done this year, just in the last two, I, I think it's phenomenal effort because both the time, both the PGA and the US Open, he's come in with no prep, and you can still see he's hobbled. He's still not a hundred percent, which I still does my head in that why he's even playing. Is he doing more damage than good? I don't know, but he still puts up a really good performance. Um, his putting's been a lot better. Um, this week than, than it had been sort of previously. Um, looking at the US Opens that are coming um, and even the PGA ones, I, I can definitely see him potentially chalking out another one. I, I think he, ju- he just needs a good off-season. I think once the British is done, he's going to put the queue in the rack um, and have a big off-season, get really just rehab properly, get really fit, and just get ready to go hard in 2022. He needs to be fit because he, he can't – you're not going to win majors if you, you're hobbled. Okay. So next five years, you can you reckon he's two or three majors. Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm reading into you, that little sort of you know, love for Brooks? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now he's this- one of the few that I think could probably churn out a couple – I think the whole world saw that silly video, another eye-rolling moment for Brooks where Bryson running past, jumping up and down like a small child. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, that, I couldn't look away at that. It was one of those videos you, you ha- I had to look at several times going, he didn't really do it. And you look again like, no, surely he didn't. And then they had all those different angles. You go, he did do it. And you look yeah. again going, it's really He's him. an idiot. It's He's not, an idiot. It, it, what, did, what did you think, Mike, when you saw that? I, if anything, it made me start to feel like maybe these two are having a lend of us and they're just doing this to get the pit money. I don't know. I just, it was such a weird thing to do. Like he's gone to lengths to say how he's not going to get involved and, you know, it's all water off ducks back and then he goes and does that. It's just such a weird decision. He's a weird guy. That's that's not new news. But, yeah, I, I was I was probably a little bit surprised he was playing, playing into it. Uh, for me, if he thinks two steps ahead... Playing into it just means there's a good chance that the next time he's standing over a ball, there's a massive chance someone's going to yell out, good job, Brooksy, which I don't know that helps him. So, yeah, it was, just, it was interesting. So one of the best final rounds, front nines from Bryson, and then one oh, of the, he, one of, one of the worst. Me, he, had, he had me sweating. When he stiffed it on eight, like, oh, people – my phone lit up. There were people <laughs> just giving me heaps, just giving it to me. And then as soon as it got to 11 and 12 and a little bit of a stumble, I was like, oh, thank goodness, the golfing gods. The Knights of Einstein, have, 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 they've come out from the shadows and they helped me out. And then the slip on 13. Oh. And do you, know what, do you know what the other thing that annoys me about Bryson is it talked about post, you know, talked about the bad, he got bad luck hitting it in the rough. Because like a lot of his strategy, right, he's just smashing it everywhere. Here's the thing that really started to get my goat, is that when he would just smash one and it's going into the crowd, he wouldn't even yell four. Mm. He wouldn't even signal where the ball was going. He would just go, 
and it would cannon into people. Like, what a prick. Yeah, there was one in, I would say, the first or second round that he was clearly playing for a line and it was clearly not going anywhere except for into the crowd and he just was down picking up the tee and walking away. He was very weird. I think it was the fifth hole. The fifth hole, his strategy was basically blast it wide right. Yeah. In, into because it was a better angle into the green. Yeah, that was a hole, yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't he your four? Like, a, a isn't just a habit of every golfer that's ever played the game to do that. And is, is he seriously just relying on the you know the volunteers waving their flags this way or this way, which I, I, I get, but I've never... I don't, never. I don't know. I don't know. But it he is. You just watch him. He just hits yeah. it. He's not even yelling. He's not even yelling for, not even signalling with his club or anything like that. He just hits it. And yeah. then you can see the crowd just go... <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not... I won't, I won't uh, tar and feather every American golfer, but it oh, certainly family. is something that you see on the on the on the US tour a little bit, where there's you know there's definitely you know Ricky Fowler's and Justin Thomas's that are constantly putting hands out and calling for, but yeah, there's definitely a set that doesn't doesn't blink. It's just someone else's job or the guy with the paddle behind the tee. That's his job to figure out where this is going and not mine. But yeah, it's. It's just common courtesy. I mean, I hit I hit them wider than those guys, so maybe that's why I'm used to doing it. But I'm not sure. I just find I just find it crazy that you wouldn't. If you you're you're a chance of hitting someone in the head with a golf ball from 300 meters away, you, you just yell out for simple. Well, I I don't search for looking for you know people to get hit for golf balls, but I I do hope that one of those non four yellers comes up against Big Shot Bob. In, in some tournament, yes. and, gets yeah, paired, and get paired with Big Shot, and Big Shot gives him what for because, you know, Big Shot won't 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 back down. No, that's why I love. Oh, Stanley knows all about that. Exactly right. So watch out if you get paired with Big Shot Bob, the Overt Express, and you're a non-four yeller. You heard it here first. Um, anything else happen, Mike? That uh, caught your attention in the US Open? Um, look, for me, the, the, the outside of just the normal tournament, I, I thought it was great to finally see in that last, that back nine, a few big names finding their game and really coming down to the wire. It looked like it was going to be a really good race. That yep. was that was probably the, the highlight of the week. Um, outside, of, outside of specifics around the golf, the two things that I probably would think that I look back on and remember were was uh, on Monday, Thursday, there time, Friday morning, our time was waking up and seeing. Um, if you had to pull me up on 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 Friday morning, our time, and said Matthew Wolf's had uh, three bogeys and two doubles, I would have said that is absolutely correct, no doubt in my mind. But if you'd followed it up with saying he's also had uh, eight birdies, I would have said no, I wouldn't believe that in a million years. So to watch to watch a bloke who's battled a lot mm. over the last few months and not played golf and really struggling with life on tour to come and play really good golf in patches was good to see. And he hung on. He's got his T15, which is great. I thought that was really good. And similar sort of vein, um, I think, I don't know what round it was after, but Bubba did an interview where he talked about battling a bit with depression. Mm. And that was, that was good. Second round. I think it was the second round. Yeah. Would have been, would have been, yeah. Well, I think it was the first. It would have been second or third. And, yeah. and just listening to him talk freely um, and really sort of um, explain where he's at and, and give people a bit of an insight to how he's, I don't think we're ever going to get a full insight to how his brain works because he's a different cat. But just to be able to talk about that took a fair bit of strength, and I thought that was a, that was a really good good thing for the game. And you saw it. I saw them talking to it might have been Nelly Quarter or someone on the, on the women's tour and mentioned that they'd seen it and that they thought it was great. And so just for that to echo through was really good. It didn't he, didn't Bubba also make reference to to Matt as well, where yep. he talked about he, he's talked to him and stuff like that. Yeah, so he's checking in on him and stuff. That was yeah, yeah you're right. It was it would have been second round because I reckon he talked about that first round and how how it was good to see him um, playing good golf. Uh, if you yeah. want to, if you want a bit more of a deeper dive into, I guess some thoughts around Matt Wolf and uh, Bubba and that discussion and the importance of mental health, jump over to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast because Jamie and I uh, spent a fair bit of time talking about that as well as uh, the mental fortitude of the winner, John Rahm, and uh, and, and the other um, great story of the week, uh, the Young Corn Ferry Tour winner, Harry Hall. Did you did you guys catch any of that? So there's, nope. a, there's a young English fella on Harry Hall and 
snappy, snappy dresser. He's a little bit like early, early Bryson um, Rocket in terms of his um, sartorial splendor. You know, the the, the Ben Hogan type uh, flat cap, and he's just a oh, nice. But he's you, know, you look at his Instagram. It's you know he's he's got style style photos. You know, he's a stylish young man. He's obviously great golfer, playing on the Corn Ferry, English fella, and um, recently he he'd been struggling all year. He put out a post saying. Basically, you know, to summarise, I realised that my profile or anything that I post, I wasn't, I didn't want to post unless it was good, and I hadn't had a lot of good stuff to post. Therefore, you know, I'm going to give you the real version of what's happening. Here's my last, you know, x amount of results, and it was like MC fifty four, MC MC fifty first, nothing, and and basically he just said I'm going to accept what it is and then just play with this, you know, understanding that. It is what it is. Goes out and um, and wins on the Corn Ferry, and it was just a a really good reminder to you know what golf's all about and how it's not always perfect, and uh, how you, it's not a game of perfect. And you know, with this mental freedom that you found, um, anyway, listen to it over the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast because Jamie does a great job of giving a bit of a deeper insight into what that means for the everyday golfer. Um, so yeah, Harry Hall. What else um, is what what else is coming up? Well, the other person was good and disappointing at the same time was to see Rory almost back. Almost. Mm. <clears throat> uh, seeing him near the top of the leaderboard in a major, sort of in a mix for the first time was refreshing. And his first... Unfortunately, his his dang putter let him down again. Um, he'd been really clutch with the with the flat stick most of the week. Those first nine holes, even though he, he rolled through in one under, he had um, far too many opportunities that he just didn't convert. And you know, so he was four under at the turn. He probably could have been leading again because he was he was he. You could see a little bit of the old Rory zip coming back, that little bit of swagger and the bounce in his walk. And then I think he three-jagged three 11 and then he's doubled 12 and it just unraveled from there. So, you know, you know, he's obviously must be changing a lot of things with Pete Cowan and actually fixing his wedges because the one thing, you know, you know, on here I've been quite vocal that, the only thing that Rory needs to fix is his wedge game because that's the thing that undoes him. Um, and it seemed like, you know, some of the shots he was hitting, he was flighting them, he was controlling his wedges, especially into those greens and, you know, distance control and everything. So he wasn't having those hitting it long or hitting these flat dead pulls with his wedges and missing greens. So none of that shenanigans was going on. So it seems like he's hitting the pieces, but it's just a couple – there's a couple of things missing and I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how he goes um, in the next major at St. George's because if he's contending there, um, maybe we're going to potentially see the old Rory again at some stage, which would be just it's not, awesome. Yeah, it's not quite home turf, but you know, he's certainly more familiar in that environment than a lot, a lot of these other guys. Mike, if if it was his putting that sort of let him down a little bit, you know, when you look over the uh, Magic Mike's master sheet, would he, where does he stack on putting on Poana? I haven't got the Poana stats, but I can tell you in the final round, he, uh, on strokes gained approach, he picked up two shots on the field and stro- strokes gained tee to green another two, but he lost two in putting. Which, which is bottom of if if sixty guys made the made the cut, he'd be in the bottom ten for putting for the for the final round, and that's not going to get the job done in a major. No. Uh, so effectively for the day, he's pretty much flat for strokes gained, whereas Rams finished six shots up versus the field in strokes gained just in the final round, uh, and that's three and a bit tee to green and nearly three in approach, and then two and a half in putting. So. The key stats just just tell tell the stories. That's a difference, eh? 
Mm, definitely. It's funny. It's And I know we talked about Morikawa before. He's same as Rory. When the oh. putter's not there, he just doesn't get it done. And he, the rest of his game is exceptional. He's Peter strokes, Green, he's unbelievable. Exactly. Tita Green, he picked up 4.3 shots on the field in the final round. 2.7 in strokes gained approach. Like he's, his approach, strokes gained approach is better than anyone on the PGA Tour by a mile. Putting, lost 1.2. That's just stock standard Morikawa. Right. I think he's like top five in proximity to the hole too for, yep. for that as well. So he hits it, not only does he hit it closer, no, he hit more greens and more fairways, more greens and stuff like that. He hits it closer than anyone, but he just, just can't get it done with a. He's too streaky with a flat stick. Yeah, Rodney. A question that comes to right. mind: When he won his um, major at uh, was it Harding? Was it Harding Park? Harding Park. Yeah. Yeah. Was he putting uh, with the claw saw grip then? No. Oh. So it's just been oh. since then that that's come into play. Yeah, right. Because yeah, this, this year. Yeah, this, I reckon three, four tournaments max. Yeah. So it was he? He went the week before, two weeks before the WGC. Which was the one that he won? Was it a WGC? No, what was that event? Oh, oh we remember the name of the event one, that one he won the, this year. Yeah, one of the last hole sunk to 30 footer up the hill sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I was going about he's never going to win a tournament putting like that. And, you know, a week later he wins a tournament putting mm-hmm. like that. Um, Rocket, you're, you're a traditional putter. You, you're a rock solid putter. Mike, you're a, you're a claw you're a sore claw. I have pipe. a putting, I have a putting um, stroke that I don't think I go through more than about three holes with someone before they say, "How long have you been putting like that for?" <laughs> um, so I putt with a very open stance, not quite side saddle, but very open, and I putt with a claw. And the other question I get is, "Do you do that because Sergio did it? Because he was sort of the first big name a while back." I actually do. It because of Chris DeMarco. Chris DeMarco was the first man to run with the claw grip and that's how long I've been using it for. Um, and, yeah, it seems to work, so I'll go I go with it. I tried it just on a putting green to go, what does it feel like? And I'm like, oh, I can kind of see why people would do it. Yeah. I've been uh, messing around with left-hand low the last month just to get a feel for it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. that I somehow just go back to that, that claw grip. I think in my in my younger days, I, if I had, if I was feeling a little bit out putting wise, I'd spend the next two or three weeks. I'd actually putt um, left hand low for yep. two or three weeks, and then go back. Yep. And I'd find it's like I it's like I leveled my shoulders out and found my touch. Yep. Well, the thing that struck me with your putting, watching it for ninety four holes in two and a half <laughs> days, that you put a beautiful roll on the ball. Yeah, I don't know how it works either. Like, I, I, if I looked at my the way that I set up and the way that I stroke the ball, you would be like, "This, you can't make many parts. But somehow, the actual roll comes off well, it, and it's quite yeah. phenomenal because you you pick it up quite high. Yeah, and like if it was a, a TrackMan sort of version, it'd be like a negative ang- negative angle of attack of you know ten ten degrees sort of thing. But it comes out with this perfect you know grass tracking hugging top roll that gets to the edge of the lip and just boom, you know, when my putt stops at the edge of the lip and has a look over and then right off back, my just goes, boom, tracks in. Yeah. I, don't, um, I don't know. It's, it's literally the old saying of if it works, just stick with it. That is that is exactly my putting. That's that's why we write numbers on our scorecards and don't draw pictures. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, the rest of my game's even worse. So now, the putting putting better work. Now we've clearly left the uh, the podcast world with the intrigue of Magic Mike's putting stroke. We bring, <laughs> we're bringing him. Yeah, you know, the first ever post that we did, we had his face blanked out because we didn't know what we wanted to know who it is. Now we're going to have to show him this wonderful putting stroke. Oh, they all know now. Like they, they, anyone, uh, there'll be some person listening to this in you know lives down the down at Flinders. And there'll be this old 60-year-old bloke that I played with five years ago and he'll be like, I know that guy. I reckon I've played with him before. That's That putting stance, I, I know that. Well, if one of those guys is listening and they know who they are, um, yeah, Scotty McGregor, um, send us a video. Send us a video of, uh, of, of Mike's putting stroke so we can share it with the um, his new fan, new fan friends. Uh, that'd be great. Appreciate that. 
Um, I might even have one there. I might even I might even have to put it like an. No, you probably would. A nomin- Actually, I've, I've got one. I've got one from uh, when we went to the states and we played at Rustic Canyon. There's a very good um, shot of it on a big breaking pad. I'll, I'll uh, on Instagram. I'll send you that one. Hey, just like the PGA Tour, all swings can get it done. So there you go. Um, anyway, we digress again. Uh, coming up this week, the Travelers. Yes, field for the Travelers looks. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah, it's a surprising. There's a lot more players heading over than I thought would. Um, Brooks is playing, I think. Brooks is there. Yeah, I think he usually, he usually plays this one. Might be just a, needs to get some more reps in. Yeah, probably. Uh, no, there's a there's a there's a fair few heading over. It's going to be a funny week purely because um, you're going to have a lot of guys that have come over, and it's it, it's one of those ones when if you're having a bet on it that you really want to have a look at it and say, oh, gee, this guy's playing and Bryson's playing and this guy's playing. And then you really do need to weigh up the week after a major, how are they feeling? Like, are, mm-hmm. they, are they up for it or are they a bit knackered? You know, um, there's a lot of big names, but, yeah, how many of them are, are just going to to, uh, to have a hit and head home on how many are, are refreshed. Is it better to bet someone who wasn't there last week and they've been practising? Um, this is about a million ways to look at it. I've, I've put my bets on. Any any uh, insights into, you know, past history? Is it is it always after the... No, it, no, used, it no. used to be it used to be after the, uh, the Open. It was like in between the Open and mm, the PGA. PGA, yeah. Okay. I think it was like Travellers, yep. then it was Canadian Open, then PGA. So in any form guide on, you know, is there a high propensity of, you know, common winners through the Travellers? Is there someone who is like a noted, noted Travellers performer? Bubba. Bubba's yeah. won three times. Two. Is it three? I thought it was only two. Oh, I, got one for, I got one on there from 2010, so it's a long, maybe that, 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 2010, 18, 15, plus a fourth and a second. Um, yeah, look, it's – it's is the first one that came to mind. Uh, Paul Casey's had some good results here. He's had a second, 17, fifth, second, fifth. That's good results. For winners, though, Bubba's the one that stands out. Oh, he has won three. I'm just looking at it now. Rusty Knox has won this one for us. He's just well. I noticed uh, that, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, let the listeners down with that uh, being able to have a top Scott pick because he is the solitary Scott in the field. I think uh, big big shots maybe have having a week off or headed back to the BMW. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, you would think yeah. he'd head back. Actually, uh, you're right. It's Casey has. I'm looking here, and Casey's finished second a few times. Strillman's finished second a few times. So he's also won it. Yeah, so there's a few the players are just sort of. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to then uh, before we go to your sort of picks, Mike. I'm gonna have to then make something up on the fly, and uh, it's not something that I'd ever thought I'd go to. Um, my my football team, my other football team, Scotland, uh, that was unfortunately disposed of out of the European Championship this morning by getting defeated by uh, Croatia three one, but did have a monumental battle with England uh, during the week where they had a, a draw, which is you know, the Scots celebrated like it was a win. It wasn't a win, but it was a draw, but they, at least it wasn't a defeat. So in, I guess, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I'll, I'll go with uh, picking the English, uh, the top English. So we've got, who we've got? We've got Luke Donald. Uh, we've got um, Rosie. Paul Casey. Paul Casey and Tom Lewis. That's an interesting one, Tom Lewis. Uh, I will go with Justin Rose as the top English player. He's, oh, Pilter. Uh, Pilter's in there as well. So there's a there's a decent field. Pilts. Yeah. yeah. He's oh, been playing well. I'll go with Rosie. That's that's top English. Have that on. Have uh, put put twenty cents on that for me, Mike. That's a big bet for me. Will do. Okay. Um, Mike, who are you going with? Uh, I've got well the five picks that I put up. Uh, Charlie Hoffman, and then after Charlie, who's who's actually been in my tips a bit lately, uh, he's been costing me some money. I'm going back to the well with a few that I had over the last couple of majors. So Cantlay, Casey, Bryson, and uh, Abe Answer. So 
they're the guys that are probably in the, the ones that I'll be betting the win. The guys each way, I've got Grillo and um, Brennan Steele at about 140 to 1. And then I've put a couple of very, very small bets on first round leader. So I've gone with Tringale again, Ryan Moore, Keegan, Scotty Scheffler, and um, I think, what's his first name? Is it Carl Seifert? Seifert? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, he's about 200 to 1, but he has a propensity to. To go well in the first round, so if he if he, like I think I said before, because the first round you don't actually need to, to get to a um, you don't it's not like the end of a tournament where you can only have one winner, one first round you can end up with five guys tied the lead, and that doesn't help if you've bet someone at ten to one because all of a sudden your ten to one pays two to one because they have to split it five ways. So you much prefer to get a winner, and you've got the two hundred to one pop because even if it gets split, you're still very very happy. You like Paul Casey, don't you? Uh, to be honest, there's not many golfers that I would say, I really like that guy. Like, I, I really like Justin Thomas. I like Jason Day. I like Cam. I wouldn't say there's many golfers that I love, but when it comes to looking at the numbers and the stats, and I'm that, that's the thing, I'm not, I'm not picking these guys because I like them. <laughs> I'm picking them because their numbers stack up. So uh, why have I picked Casey? Casey's... Uh, so the numbers for this week are a bit of a random week because it's a bit of a course where they're just going to go low. There's nothing that's the big hitters doesn't, it's not going to help you. You're just going to need to, to make birdies. Um, he's fourth in strokes gained approach. So like we're talking about Morikawa before, he's going to, he's going to be the sort of player that's going to be hitting the ball close on, you know, when he's, when he's coming into the greens, uh, he's 17th in ball striking top 50 and off the tee. And his, his, his history here, as we said before, second, fifth, second, fifth out of his last six starts. Um, that, that And played well last week. That all stacks up to me like someone that can run a top 10. And, and his odds weren't too bad. I think he was in the 20 to 1, somewhere around there. Uh, $19. So, yeah. I know he's won in Europe you know, fairly recently, but uh, I just... As much as I like him, like before you join us, Mike, and add this other layer of depth of uh, information, which uh, Rock and I just couldn't dream of uh, delivering, um, he always figured in our discussions, didn't he, Rocket? You know, we, we, I'm a, I like Paul Casey. I, I think he's a great player. And I, I, once yeah. again, he's in that plus 40 bracket that keeps performing. So I, I'm always going to love him. I just don't think that uh, – I, I can't see him winning on in the US. Again. No, it's, it's – and, and that's, that's the trickiest part about betting on golf – like well, there's only four majors a year, but to actually time getting the stats right and having that person end up on top is not an easy thing to do because mm. you, you just get any given week. You know, I can look at the stats here and, you know, Satoshi Kadara might be going, no, I don't, I don't like him this week. And all of a sudden he does everything right that he hasn't been doing well. And all of a sudden he's okay. there at the end of the week. So, yeah. Rocket, Aussies? Unleash. Uh, Leash, the, the Olympians. So I see uh, that's the other interesting thing that popped out. They've been some Olympic sort of golfers uh, announced there. There's a, not a bad feel for the, the Olympics. Hmm. But um, Leash and Cam are the two nominated Australians. Have they accepted or are they, I know they've, they've come up as the top. But Well, I don't I don't know that part. So, you know, the people that qualify, the, yeah, the they'll, list has been, they'll, they'll play. They'll go. I they'll saw, accept it. Was it Tyrrell? Tyrrell Hatton today that's withdrawn from, he said, no, I'm not going to go. Not going. Yeah, I, I didn't see that part. I just saw the, the list of who's mm. qualified. Why is there four Americans at, uh, on that list? There's only like two and one for every other country. Why, why, why is there four from the States? Anyone know that? A uh, number uh, of people. Okay. All right. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's population, something to do with population and something else. I don't know that. Poles of the North and South Pole, something like that. I don't know. How Tong Lee and his three brothers are playing on the China on the Chinese team. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna, be, it's always interesting to see. Where, where do we know what the course is? I haven't looked at it at all. Uh, to, I think it's Tokyo Golf Club, which is, okay. I think it's the one. I think Gil Hans uh, renovated it. I'm interested to look. Um, so we've got. Leash, you're going with Leash for this, uh, the Travellers. Well done to Lucas Herbert, who get, got in on the Monday qualifier, finished third with minus six behind. Uh, who did he finish behind? 
Scott Stallings and Seamus Power. Seamus Power. Can't I can't see Seamus Power. He's the only Irish person in the field, so I can't have a top Irishman either. Um, good luck to you, Seamus Power. But uh, good luck to you, Herbie. Um, anything else, Rocket? You got a, you got a rabbit hole? Oh, I've got a rabbit hole. The, the person I reckon who, because Mike's right about the birdie fest, um, is actually Matt Wolf. Mm. I, I feel like might have found a bit of confidence, and I think this might be just right for him. It's just it's not too punishing if he's hitting a few wayward ones, and he can get hot. And I just yeah. feel like he's just going to get hot. He's uh, too strong a talent not to bounce back and not for us to want to have coming back. So I hope you're right. And, uh, you know, I thought it was very brave of him to open up and talk about, uh, you know, what he's going through. And uh, But th- there was a lot of love for Matt Wolf. so hopefully that uh, you are right, Rocket, and he does bounce back and keep uh, his station high. That's all I can say. Yep. And and I honestly, I don't have a rabbit hole this week. I don't think I've been able to spend enough time trolling the YouTubes um, over the last few days to, to give any value for the listeners. Uh, most interesting thing that you saw, you know, in your truck stop tour of uh, three states in the last uh, four days? Uh, a person who really shouldn't be driving a full drive or a caravan because effectively anyone's seen a full drive and a caravan, it really should be level. This guy overtook us. I'm trying to think. It was just, it was just north of, north of Sydney. He was doing about 110, so he's, he was giving it a rip. And uh, certainly, the tow ball weight was a little bit out because the back of the uh, Land Cruiser, whatever he had, was scraping. I'm pretty sure the, the tires were scraping. Had a dual axle caravan, which looked new. And it had that much angle, the rear tyres of the dual axle were barely touching the ground. So we're talking like the tow ball is, is probably five, six inches from the ground. This this thing should not have been on the road. It was quite frightening, actually. It's quite frightening. Just to see how some people, they just have no idea. And it's so unsafe for everyone. Well, holidaymakers, there's a public service announcement from, from the Rocket Man for you. If you're going to drive and tow, make sure you're safe. Towing's a hard game. It, it's, it's, it's a hard game. I know I, I, I push the envelope in terms of the time that I spend on the road, but I'm really particular about I pull over, I have stops, I stretch, I sleep, I nap. Um, you know, the weather, gets, the weather gets a little bit furry. So when we were leaving on the... Thursday night uh, between between Albury and Yass, it was coming in sideways. It would have been two in the morning, and I was barely getting it over seventy five. It was um, it's not not a time to be a hero, not a time to be a hero. Um, yeah, you drive to the conditions, and yes, I know I can pull some good legs, but you know. Um, it's. I'm quite strategic about how I do it. Would you say gamble and tow responsibly? <laughs> no, no. no. If, you, if you're still with us, if you're still with us, not many other golf podcasts where you're going to get wonderful messages like that. Let me tell you that much. Uh, Mike, um, you towed anything recently? No, haven't told. One thing I need to do before we finish up, though, yes. is um, a shout out to uh, podcast listener Pultz. Pultz messaged me about four times this week with one very, very much the same uh, message: "Is John Rahm's going to win?" <laughs> and he was right. So I have to, I have to make sure I mention that because he was not wrong. He had one pick, and he got it bang on right. He never wavered. Dave Pilton is an astute follower of the golf. He is an astute uh, follower of golf giveaways on Instagram. He has more gear collected or amassed more gear from giveaways, and I don't want to put the moz on him because he's a, like a phenom in doing it, uh, but he's also, and continuing the shout-out, putting together the great Australian golf brand giveaway, which my love of golf is part, is part of. Uh, I've decided to join Pools because he's a 
wonderful uh, fan, supporter and listener and a great guy, um, just out there trying to do his, his golf thing out at Easton. Uh, I've got uh, these two um, Lynx Diary uh, autographed uh, volume twos. So Lynx Diary is a wonderful uh, Lynx magazine from Scotland. Uh, you can listen to uh, myself and Jamie Darling who basically runs the whole Scottish golf scene, uh, puts this together. Well, I've got two copies, uh, both personally signed by Mike, your friend and mine, Stuart Kerr, and uh, and that's our contribution to the great golf Australian, the great Australian golf brand giveaway that Pultz is coordinating. He's got more prizes there than, than I've seen given out in a long time, and uh, I think all you have to do is follow some Instagram pages and that sort of thing. But you can get this, get this magazine, one of two, signed by uh, our good mate Stu, the legend. Mm. Great story, good f- and um, excellent photos. Was that is that Hafe's photos? Yes, Christian Hafe's photo. Yeah. He was there on that trip. So um, that's our contribution. Oh, and also one because um, because the Link Star is supported by Jay Lindeberg, um, not a supporter of this podcast, but I do have to have a brand new in packet Jay Lindeberg uh, polo, which which is part of that giveaway. Bang! Mic drops. There you go. Pults. Well done. <laughs> well done. All right, guys. Rocket. Enjoy your holidays. It's going to be fun. Uh, be fun. Go, go we, easy. We get we we get over we get over the last border in a couple of days. Okay. Well, go easy on. Leave yourself a little bit of that uh, Hideki Matsuyama uh, finest um, <laughs> there. Don't drink it all in the one sitting, Mike. I want a full count on how many pairs of shoes are are in uh, that uh, wall behind you by the next time we come back. In continuing preparation for our Nike expose, as you continue to educate me on this uh, wonderful brand of new shoes that I've now wearing Done. and. Um, and for you, the listeners, uh, stay safe, stay golfing, and uh, enjoy your week. We'll see you next time.